Welcome to Uncontained, episode 68. I'm Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I talk to comedian Daryl Kamak. And, well, if you don't know who he is, consider this your introduction. He's only been doing stand-up for about seven months now, but he's already had some huge gigs now including one going on tonight. If you're listening to this show the day that it airs, May 30th, he has a show tonight at the world-famous Comedy Store with Margaret Cho, Elijah Schlesinger, and Ant. So he'll be there performing live with some big names in comedy, and this isn't his first time performing for big names. So uh, you'll hear about that in the show. Also, his first time ever performing uh, is kind of unique as well. Performing at at a venue that many comics spend a, quite a few years of their career to get to. We'll talk about that a little bit more as the show goes on. Also, Daryl Kamak, not just a comedian. He's also, he's also a musician as well. Piano player, playing in blues, jazz bands, everything like that. So there's a lot going on with this man. And I'm sure I'm sure you will be hearing and seeing way more of Daryl K. Mack. If you've been enjoying episodes of Uncontained and uh, want to help support the show, please just tell a friend about it. You can also follow Uncontained on social media. On Facebook, it's at Uncontained Pod. Twitter, at Uncontained Pod as well. And we are also conveniently located on the World Wide Web at uncontainedpod.com. So swing by, support the show, like, follow, subscribe, and share on your favorite uh, podcast player, iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever one you listen to the most. Let's go ahead and get this show rolling. And what better way to introduce you to Daryl K. Mack than let you listen to a little bit of his stand-up comedy. Here's a little sample of what you might hear when you make it to his show tonight if you're in the L.A. area. 7.30 at the world-famous comedy store with Margaret Cho, Lijah Schlesinger, and Ant. This is Daryl K. Mack. <laughs> you know what's funny? These comics, these female comics, they have those mouths, man. <laughs> I mean, they're backstage, they're like church girls and shit. <laughs> I guarantee if we knew any of that, the conversation backstage would be a whole lot different. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, as a comic, as a, as a fellow comic, you want to be professional. But when they're up there, up here talking about anal sex and something, you know, you're kind of like, well, I don't know, you know. <laughs> because you know, normally just responds to stuff like that. Right? You know, it wakes up like, what's going on there? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't completely get hard, but it kind of shifts a little bit. You know? Right? <laughs> You know, my, uh, my wife is trying to eat vegan, right? She's eating vegan now. Sometimes she thinks she's better than me. <laughs> she's always talking about what I eat. You know, now I have to admit, I eat pretty fucked up. You know what I do? I eat a lot. <laughs> you fucked up too over here. Somebody left. You know what I'm talking about. Right? So I eat pretty fucked up. <laughs> you know what I do? 
I swear, it's like now that she's eating vegan, it's giving her like these superpowers. You know, she can like feel a disturbance in the force when I'm eating fucked up shit. She called me on the phone. I'll be in the line getting ready to order some shit. She go, "What are you ready to eat?" And I just gotta drive off. You know. Oh, when I need something real bad, then I don't even go home. I just keep driving by my house till I eat some shit. You ever do that? You do that? You gotta do that sometimes for some reason. Either my wife doesn't want me to eat this shit or somebody else gonna want some. Right? So I, 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 you know, I'm not one of the kind of guys that's gonna be pushed around by my wife. So I eat the shit when she's not at home. But I, I gotta really, I gotta admit, I gotta wake up call. You know, um, I had been eating so much processed food that when I went to take a shit, it came out of the can. <laughs> and believe me, if you ever have cans coming out your ass, it's got a pretty good indication. You're not living right. <laughs> so I figured, <laughs> so I, figured I, got a, I got a couple choices, right? I can either die a horrible, painful death, or maybe make some extra dollars recycling. <laughs> I decided, you know what, I'm going to choose life. So, right, good choice, right? Choose life. So I'm starting eating better. I mean, I'm eating uh, fruits and vegetables and all that stuff, right? So now, I don't even go in the bathroom, I just go shit right out in the backyard. Yeah. Right in the garden. And I can tell you, the roses and petunias, they never look better. I see they're giving me the light, that's my time. But, oh, one more thing. I want to thank everybody for coming out. And as a thank you gift, I got some fruits and vegetables from my garden. And they're out there in the lobby. You can take as many as you want. How are you doing today, Daryl? Great, great. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, thank you. Welcome to Uncontained. Glad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, Daryl. How long have you been doing stand-up comedy, and how did you get started? Well, uh, Aaron, uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> I've been doing stand-up comedy now for about seven uh, months. Seven months? <laughs> yeah, seven months. You sent me an audio clip, and it didn't sound like somebody who had been doing stand-up comedy only seven months. <laughs> well, I'm kind of fortunate that way, you know, it. You know, I like to say I've been doing it all my life, but I've only been doing it on the stage uh, for seven months. But I've always been funny. I've always told jokes. So it's, it's just something I was built to do. Okay. So what did you do before stand-up comedy? Well, I was a systems analyst. I worked for a software developer. I've been an IT professional for uh, quite a few years. So how do you go from IT professional to stand-up comedy? Well, a uh, couple things happen. Uh, one, you get laid off from your job. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> you got to find some comedy somewhere. Uh, and then I've uh, been there, yeah. man. And then uh, just it was a happenstance meeting, man. I was in the barbershop. and uh, a guy, a friend of mine, man, I've known this guy for 20 years, and he told me he was a comic, and I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't know that. And I said, you know, I've always been interested in it. I've, you know, like I said, I've always been funny my whole life. I always like to make people laugh. And I said, you know, I've been interested in that. And he told me, he said, man, I think you'd be good at it, man. 
He says, uh, you should try it. I can even get you time on stage. And I took him up on it. He got my first show, my very first show. Listen to this. My very first show was at the Comedy Store in Hollywood on the main stage on the weekend. Really? Your first time on stage? Very first show. And for people who aren't from the L.A. area, the Comedy Store is one of, one of the premier places in L.A., correct? Yes, it is. It is called the World Famous Comedy Store. This is this is the place. Okay. That is the place. And, and uh, he threw you up on your first night. Yeah. On a weekend. Yes. Yes, it was. It was sold out, too. Wow. How long did you have? How much material did you have? I um, I was originally supposed to do five minutes. Okay. But I ended up doing about 11 minutes. Okay. Wow. That's... <laughs> It doesn't sound like a whole lot to somebody who's never been on stage, but yeah, most times when people go up for the first time, they're lucky like to have like three to five minutes on stage. Oh man, I could have kept going. The thing about it is that you know I was so new. Let me tell you, it, it made I know I'm making it sound like it was very simple, but it wasn't. <laughs> I was so nervous, man. I was sweating so much. I I actually thought I was gonna electrocute myself with the microphone. <laughs> I am not kidding, man. I bullshit you not. That's how much I was sweating. I could only hold it in my hand. I was sweating so much, but they laughed at the first joke I said, and they laughed all the way through the whole set. And they kept giving me the light. You know how it is. You know, yeah. The people about the light. You know, uh, you but, know when you when you're a comic and you and you and get to the end of your set of your time, the the promoter or producer flashes the light. Like when you typically have about a minute left in your set. Right, right. And I was so excited. I didn't even see it. <laughs> and, and I eventually saw it. And when I saw it, I thought it was the first time that it came on. I said, oh, I see the light. Let me finish my set. Afterwards, they loved it. We were clapping so hard. I got off the stage and a friend of mine said, man, they were flashing that light like a siren. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like an ambulance. was. I'm telling you, he said it was flashing. And I didn't even see it. They said it must have flashed about 13, 14 times. Wow. But wow. Saw but they let me go. They let it keep rolling because I was having a great set. I had a great set. Great set. Yeah, if they weren't liking it, they could have always cut the mic. You know, I've seen that happen yeah, too. But so obviously they yeah. weren't too mad about it. No, man. And, uh, you know, it's just something I just something I just love to do, man. My I grew up, my dad, he... Uh, you know, he loved comedy. My father loved comedy, man. And so that's all we ever did, man. We watched comedy shows. We had these old comedy albums we used to listen to. And so I used to mimic comedians, man, growing up. I used to watch all the classic comedians. Bob Hope, the Milton Burles, the, the uh, 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 you know, um, what's the, uh, Joan Rivers. The, okay. You know, the Youngmans, the Dick Gregory's, the George Collins. The, hey, I would even watch Buster Keaton. Wow. Uh, because I, I was a fan of Red Skelton. I can tell you about all of these comics, man. And uh, and the funny thing is, I, I stopped following comics. I hadn't followed comedy for about twenty years um, because I, I was bored with the current comics out there. I didn't even know. I you know, funny. I never even been to a comedy club. Really? Before I had the first show. Yeah, I never even been to a comedy club. So you hadn't even been to a comedy club. Your first night doing comedy is your first time in even in a comedy club, and they throw you up on stage and you do eleven minutes. Yes. 
and kill <laughs> and kill that that makes it even more impressive um like have you had uh, a bombing experience yet no i've never bombed on stage you have never bombed on stage no never never but you know the thing about it is, have you had a tough i did i'd be okay with it i would have know how to handle it because in the, i've done a lot of well let me let me let me back up a little bit okay you know, one thing about me, I, I'm very methodical when I try. I, mean, I guess that has to do with my IT background. So when I when I try to do something, I research it. And so I, I spent a lot of time. I watched a lot of videos. You know, I, I watched the great ones, like I said. I would go over and I'd watch certain comics, and I would go to open mics because they say that's what you do. So I'd go to open mics, and, and generally at open mics, you tell a joke, and you get nothing but silence. So I had never even been in an art before an audience before I actually went up there. So I didn't know if it was really funny or not. Yeah. You know, but but I would get big laughs even at those places sometimes, which is rare at open mic. Because generally it's just nothing but other comics. And they're not laughing. They, you know, a lot of times comics we laugh on the inside, you know. Nod and say that's funny, kind of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, we'll think like, oh yeah, that was funny, but not laugh, you know, outside, right? Yeah. Uh, but one thing that, that prepares you for silence, it prepares you for silence. So I would tell any comic, man, go to open mics because you're going to feel like you're bombing. You're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel like you're not funny, but it's going to help you. It's going to help you for the times when you get on stage for that first time and you tell a joke and you get silence, you will have heard that. That won't be the first time that's happened to you. I, I, I just say, man, that's, that's, it was invaluable for me. Even though I haven't had to rely on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but, good. That's good. Yeah, but you know, hey, you know, so it worked out for me. What can I say? So, you've never bombed on stage. Have you had to deal with a heckler yet? No, you know, I haven't had to deal with any hecklers either. I imagine that could be because uh, you're a fairly large man. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that has a lot to do with it because I think. Big black guys are probably low on the heckle scale. You know, if there was a chart, <laughs> you'd have the least likely, least likely, the uh, most likely heckle. The big black guy would probably be near, near the least likely heckle. Yeah, yeah, especially since you're saying you're like in your set that I listen to, uh, that you're always being mistaken for like the security guard. And... Oh, yeah. So, well, see, I played, I played, I played uh, high school and I played college football, so I, you know. Okay. I'm kind of a a big person. So how does the feeling of being on stage compare to playing college football? Well, uh, it's different than that. Um, Well, you know, the fact that you're always kind of performing, so it it is kind of the same way, and you kind of prepare the same way for it. You know, I I look at it as practices, and, you know, and and I, I approach the sets the same way. Um, the, there, there is one way that I, one thing I definitely use uh, is the way I approach my sets. Okay. You know, when I, I, I look at it just like I was playing a sport, you know, um, I don't get too high over the good sets and, and, and I don't get low over the not so good sets. You know, I just kind of, I keep it in the, in, in, in the, keep trying to keep it in the middle. Okay. Know? And uh, because, you know, and you, you know, it, it's temporary, you know, I, once that set is gone, I got a couple, a, a few hours to think about it, congratulate myself and get all the happies, and all the, you know, the self-congratulations or whatever. And then I move on. 
you know, and uh, that's, that's how I try to approach it, just like a, a, a football or a basketball or any sporting uh, competition I've been involved with. Okay. And, I, and, I, and it also, I'm also competitive. So when I get on that stage, man, it's like, you know, I'm like a fighter, man. I'm getting ready even when I warm up before my set. I'm throwing punches. You know, I I, I, left, that's, I go to UFC gym, so I do a lot of, a lot of boxing, a lot of kickboxing. So I like that. You know, I'm pretty physical, so I do those kind of things. So I just I warm up for my sets when I when I get ready to go on stage. I do that too. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't heckle you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was actually going to ask about the UFC or MMA uh, because I was looking at your Facebook page and I saw like the the octagon and all that. And oh yeah, I was going to ask if you were active in that. And fighting. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't fight competitively, no. But I, I, I work out there. I used to spar a few months ago. I kind of stopped doing that now. When I started getting, doing this comedy, it's kind of taken most of my time. And so actually I've kind of fallen off on that too. So I'm trying to get back into that. But yeah, I love it, man. I love boxing more than kickboxing or grappling or, or you know, any of those other uh, disciplines. I, I love boxing. Okay. So I college too. So, I, you know, I, I've done that before. So I, you know, I like to, I, I just love it. You know, I'm just competitive. Like, so I'm just, you know, what I said. So who's your favorite boxer? My favorite boxer? Well, current or past? <laughs> Either one, just pick one. Well, like, well, we can, you know, we can do both. Past. Let's do past first. Right? Of course, Muhammad Ali would be my favorite. Okay. What about current? I, I like Mayweather. I like Tyson. I like, uh, uh. These new fighters, Terrence Crawford, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Triple G, you know, okay. I like those guys. I like the sport, man. I, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of boxing. Yeah, I, I will tell you this though. I was severely disappointed with the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Yeah. Like, yeah, we- if I wanted to like watch, well, I, I, I really didn't want to watch two grown men hug all night. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. I just, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a good fight. It wasn't what it would have been probably five, six years ago. I mean, when they were in their primes, of course, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I guess this could be kind of a cliche question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Does your fighting style reflect your stand-up style at all or vice versa? No, 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 I don't think it does. My fighting style, they call me, they, they, they like to tease me. They call me Tank down at the gym. Okay. Because, you know, I get in there, I mix, I got good hand speed, but I generally, you know, I like to throw a lot of a lot of inside punches, lips and, you know, and uppercuts and stuff like that. So, no, I'm kind of a banger uh, as far as a, a boxer, kind of a boxer puncher. Okay. But, but in... Uh, in my stand-up, I'm all boxer, man. It's like I glide, I'm light, I'm real laid back and cool. And, you know, you heard me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind of, you know, I mean, I, I can get animated, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty calm. And I kind of just take my time. I kind of saw across the stage. I'm not very uh, animated, and you know, but yeah, I would say this. No, no, I would say no, they don't, they don't resemble each other at all. Fair enough. So, <laughs> was that a long answer to that question? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Let me know if I get a little bit too introspective because I will do that. <laughs>
that was fine. I, I actually I prefer longer answers compared to the simple yes and no answers because okay. They, okay. they they give a little bit more to work with, you know. All right, well just let me know if I uh you know ramble or go into a, go off on a tangent or something like that. Uh, I did want to add though, man, that uh you know there's more to me than that because uh you know I've also spent time on stage because I'm a musician. I used to play in bands. Really? So I've been on stage before. Yeah. I missed that part on your uh, on your Facebook page. Yeah, I don't talk about. Well, I think they showed me at one club. I went and sat in on a on a club on a blues uh, blues jazz club one night. Okay, what instrument but do you I, play? I, I'm I'm mainly a keyboard player. Mainly a keyboard player. Primarily okay. a keyboard player, but I you know I grew up and I played so many different instruments. I played trumpet, sax, bass, drums, guitars. You know. That's awesome. But mainly piano most of the time. Music like what uh, what style of music is it? Mainly uh, blues, jazz, funk, you know, R&B. But I love all music, man. I just, that's mainly the styles I play, but I, I, I listen to everything. Okay, you know? who were who were some of your influencers, uh, music-wise? Uh, oh, well, Prince, uh, you know, James Brown, Parliament, Funkadelic. You know, the, <laughs> the, very, <laughs> the very first concert I went to was Led Zeppelin. Really? Yes, was very. I would grow up. I was really into metal, man. I love Black Sabbath. I like. Uh, I, I, I like now. Still, I listen to Metallica. I listen to Rage Against the Machine. I've listened to uh, Ozzy Osbourne. You know, Ronnie James Dio. You okay. Know, I listen to all that kind of stuff, man. You know, I like Corn. Corn is one of my favorite groups. That's cool. Uh, that's cool. I I love <laughs> I love when people have diversity in their musical taste. But when one person listens to just the same type of music, I, I only listen to uh, rock. I only listen to country. I only listen to this. It just cuts down on options. It cuts down on creativity. And especially, I think it's cool when musicians are influenced by other forms of music and they take yeah. it all and pull it in and create something. Yeah, I, I agree. I love all music, man. I mean, as long I they ask me what kind of music do you like, I say good music. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you can find good music in in different genres, man. I love reggae. I love bluegrass. I love you know. I love I love I have the soundtrack to Brother Where Art Thou. Oh yeah, I love that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. You know the movie? Yeah, yeah. With uh, George Clooney and the uh, Soggy Bottom Boys. Yes, 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 yes. I have that soundtrack. I can only I think have... of that one constant sorrow song right now. Yeah, yeah, but there's other one. Uh, 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 he's in the he's in the jail. He's in the jailhouse now. That's another. One. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> country's not necessarily my go-to, but that's almost country slash rockabilly right there. Yeah, that is true. Um, bluegrass. That's bluegrass right there. That sums it up right there. So, uh, yeah, bluegrass. I just can't like, there's some music that I don't get into very much like I like real country if you can put it that way like the Johnny Cash and stuff like that but the, oh, okay, okay Hank Williams yeah and like but I can't stand the stuff that's just like pop with a twang and they call it country oh, okay so you don't like Keith Urban and, you know you know Kenny Chesney or whoever sings I got a barbecue stain on my white t-shirt or anything like that no it's like she thinks my tractor's sexy no no now I'm gonna mow her lawn uh, I can't I cannot I cannot buy I cannot get into 
country music by someone that's not from down there. <laughs> and, and then you sing that style? Like, here's Keith Urban from Australia. How the fuck you come from Australia and then sing like you're from Tennessee some goddamn place? I, yeah, yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that. Like there, there is folk music and stuff like that everywhere. Like their their brand, though, you know, is not necessarily an Australian folk music isn't going to sound like American folk music no, theoretically. Man. You know, I just it, I, I don't know. I, I just can't get into. It. I like him because he seems like he's a cool guy, and I I I respect his musicianship because he's a yeah. musician. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I just find it kind of funny. Yeah. One of the, as long as we're talking about music that we aren't really into, I'll go with, the bling, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with the bling bling rap. That's what I call it anyway. The rap that's just rapping about like, uh, Rolexes, Bentleys, everything like that. I prefer something more like outcast or with, cre- <laughs> or with creative lyrics or creative flow, something like that, that, you know, stimulates my mind a little bit more. I don't care about how big your bank account is while I'm listening to your music. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that completely. It's, it's been hard for me to embrace rap. I like the rhythm. I like the beats, but you know, to me as a musician, man, and I, I reluctantly, it's just hard for me because I don't feel that talking to a beat is music. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel where you're coming from. I do. I do. There's some, like, the groups that I really respect actually have live instruments on stage, like Outkast or The Roots. Yeah, but you're still talking. You're not singing. (laughs) You're talking. Okay. All right. It's like those talk singers, like, you know, like... uh, (laughs) Tony Bennett, he don't—he doesn't even sing anymore. He just talks through the records. <laughs> <laughs> Those talk singers kill me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but hey, whatever. Guess there's room for it all, right? Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> the beauty is, like, if we don't like it, we don't have to listen to it. That is true. That or, is true. At least for n- not for long periods of time. You'll probably encounter it, but, you know. oh that's funny uh as long as we're on the music uh side of things what is the best show that or one of your favorite shows that you've seen i i hate that's a tough question to say the best but one of your most memorable shows well you know there's there's a couple of artists man that you know you they will always always give a fantastic show uh one being prince okay like no i mean he'll play for hours man he'll he'll play to do time to the point where you say damn man i wish you finished playing so i can go (laughs) (laughs) i do wish i would have got to see prince (laughs) dude you you would have uh man you got your money's worth he, he would make all these encores man he would come back five six seven encores it was crazy. Prince and then my other favorite group to see live was Parliament Funkadelic. George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. P-Funk oh, would have been amazing to see, too. I, I haven't seen them. but there's Are they still playing? Yeah, they are. I know they are, I know Bootsy's doing his rubber band thing. Yeah, yeah. They, I got a friend of mine that plays with them. Really? Yeah, his name is Blackbird McKnight. He's a guitar player. 
That uh, definitely sounds like he'd be playing with uh, Parliament or some old blues <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the best guitar players on the planet, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love them. I love them. They're going to guarantee to give a quality show. They're going to give you all they got to have nothing left in the tank. Yes. Uh, Is there anybody that you wish you could have seen that you can't see now? I never saw James Brown. Never saw James Brown. All right. Never all saw right. James Brown. I never saw Ray Charles. Uh, yeah, those two are the ones that I, I wish I would have seen. I wish I would have seen them and B.B. King. I've seen B.B. King. You did? Yeah, I've seen B.B. King. Yeah. That, that would have been something to see him and Lucille. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and one thing, I, I did get to see Chuck Berry. Oh, no, I didn't see Chuck Berry. He played a free concert in uh, Iowa City when I was living in Iowa City at the time for the University of Iowa Homecoming. He got up there. He was in his late 70s, early 80s. Uh, doing his duck walk across the stage still. And what I loved about it is you could tell he was still playing because he messed up a couple times. He wasn't just up there with a track in the background. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's it's professional, man. You know, so you're from Iowa. Huh? I am. Oh, man, I, I'm a big, big, big USC fan. But I tell you, I, Iowa has the baddest college football uniforms. I love their uniforms, man. Hawkeyes, oh, I love yeah. I love those uniforms. I love them when Chuck Long played there and Hayden Fry was a coach. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was a huge fan. I was a huge Iowa fan, man. Really? All, from oh, all yeah. the way out here? Yeah, yeah. You see, I know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. How many people know that Hayden Fry was a coach of Iowa Hawkeyes? <laughs> I know. I was surprised to hear that name. Kirk Ferens has been the coach for so many years now. No, I remember Hayden Fry, man, when you guys had them stand-up tight ends and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Chuck Long. Him and his big old mustache and super trooper aviator shades. Yeah, yeah. Because they look like Pittsburgh Steelers, and I was a big big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yes, uh, yes. Actually, that's how one of my friends kind of became somewhat of a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, because they looked like the Hawks. (laughs) (laughs) Opposite, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ronnie Harmon. Didn't Ronnie Harmon? Yeah, Ronnie Harmon played. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. a lot of people, man. Uh, running back went and played for the Raiders. Nick Bell, uh, yeah, another back. Raider, uh, Gallery. Uh, he was a lineman. Uh, more yes. recent. Uh, Robert, for, Robert Gallery. Yep, yep. Had a. There was a couple galleries that came out of Iowa. One of them was a punter who actually had a net loss on a punt once, which was talent. Uh, <laughs> what's that he punted it backwards pretty much i think it was windy in his defense but i don't know i think i've seen that happen one time maybe it was a gallery oh god that's funny that's funny but (laughs) yeah had like tim dwight and i don't know uh yeah white lightning didn't they call him white lightning tim dwight yeah tim dwight was fast yeah yeah i remember him I definitely remember him. I mean, he's a college football fan. I don't watch much pro football. I mainly watch college. Right on, right on. So who's your team now? Oh, USC, man. I'm a Trojan fan. I was going to say, I thought I saw that, but I also saw, like, the Alabama elephant. Uh, oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, okay, that's because of a bet, man. My, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this whole USC-Alabama game, I had to put that as my uh, status, uh, my homepage. page. 
FSC lost to Alabama last year. I got you. All uh, right. So that was yeah, the result. I have to bleep that phone call. <laughs> that had to hurt for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely get rid of that. <laughs> so you're not a you're not a big pro fan? No, I like Seattle Seahawks. And then that's because the whole USC connection, we call them the, the SC Hawks. Because <laughs> of Pete so, Carroll yeah, and all yeah, that good stuff. Carroll, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's about eight USC guys on his team. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I like, uh, I, I'm a big, big Pete Carroll fan. Right on, right on. It's a little bit easier to be a Seahawks fan right now than it is to be a fan of my team. I'll tell you that. I like the Bears. Oh, wow. Oh, man, I, I'm sorry. I know, thank you. But, you know, we'll get through that. I don't know if I quite agree with their draft picks this year, but uh, the one thing is that I have hope for is Gruden seemed to like the quarterback that they drafted. So, I'm okay. We still got 1985. Always go back to them. We got close uh, with Lovey Smith a couple times, but you know. Anyway, let's get back to your stand-up, man. Uh, okay, you, cool. You, you got a uh, you got a big show going on here. Yeah, man. a big big show. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, um, with Margaret Cho and Liza Schlesinger. Hell, Schlesinger, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have to say that on stage. Yeah, um, yeah, Liza and Margaret Cho and this other comedian they, uh, named Ant. Uh, real, real funny guys, man. It's, it's going to be a great, great show. I, last time I, I, I was on the show with Margaret Cho uh, last month, and I had to follow her on stage. Really, I you mean, you had the you had the follow Margaret Cho? Yeah, that's where my uh, that's where the promoter that's where they slotted right behind Margaret Cho. Interesting. Yeah, and the thing about it is, he he knew I could handle it. Yeah, and now you can say Margaret Cho opened for you. Yeah, you know, I, I held my own, man. I held my own. I came out, I came out, and I did my thing, man. I got my laugh just like I normally do, you know. And it was, it was great. It was that's, great. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. did you do uh, your garden bit? Yes, I did do my garden bit, <laughs> and I was kind of worried because I really never done it. I had never been in front of a crowd that large, man. That was like uh, 480 people sold out in, in the main room. On, you know, I'd never been in, in, in front of a crowd that large. And, you know, the funny thing is before the show, uh, before I went, uh, I went on, I was back in the green room and she was on stage. Okay. And, man, I was hearing cheers and claps and, and the place was rocking and laughter like I had never heard. I'd never heard anything like that before. You know, I was like, wow, I. You know, how do you follow something like that? You know, I mean, it, it, it was, she was giving a standing ovation. Wow. You know, the old me comes out after that. Well, not little old me, but <laughs> <laughs> and <a> little. <laughs> so, uh, so I have to follow that out there like that. And every other comment was, man, I'm glad I'm not you. <laughs> so I figured I had to do something different. I had to make myself stand out some way. When I came out on stage, I came out with a ladder with me. I had a ladder in my hand, small little aluminum ladder that I found backstage. Okay. And I came out on stage with that. And I said, you know, I was mad. I, since Trump has been elected, all the black comics tonight, after we do our set, we got to help clean up the place. 
<laughs> How'd that go oh. over? Was that a little too soon, or was that? Uh... No, it went great. It went great. It went great. It went great. They loved it, and I, I had to do something different. Now, would I do that again? I don't know. Probably not. Because I look back on it, I would never bring another prop on stage. Yeah. For that time, for that time, and that moment, for who I was as a comic, I had to do something. And so that's what I thought would work for me. And it worked, it worked okay. That I think it's okay to bring a prop on every once in a while, not to become yeah. a prop comic, but right. like when I was, I haven't done stand up for a while, but when uh, I was doing stand up, there was, it was during the whole people like smoking bath salts thing where oh, yeah. they were eating people's faces. Oh, I wow. actually went to like, um, I don't know. Bed Bath and Beyond or something. I bought some like lavender scented bath salts and brought them on stage. Was went and passed it around the crowd, like talking about starting a zombie apocalypse in uh, the Midwest with bath salts. <laughs> and so that was like the one time I used a prop, you know. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Like I think, as I said, if you rely on it, it could be. I don't know, be taken as a little cheesy, but then on the other hand, say like somebody like Carrot Top takes a lot of time in planning out his props. Well, that's his thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How did you feel about it now? Would you do that again? If the situation was right, yes. Yeah. I would I would yeah. definitely do that. But as I said, I wouldn't want to do it every time I go on I'd go on yeah. stage. See, I have this thing, I have this thing where every time I go on stage, my opening is different. I never have the same opening. Okay, that's always good. The, try something new at least every time. And the way I do it is I try to find something current in the room, in the, something someone said, something to open up my set with. Every single time, I try to find something that has happened. Yeah. Whether so a waitress dropped a tray or somebody tripped over the stairs going out or something. You know, I. but you know, I'm a new comic, so you know, a lot of this is, you know, uh, this is things I'm going through. But you know the thing about it is, is uh, it, it's worked so far. It's always seemed to work, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Right on, man. Right on. So, try to come up with something based on what you see in the room. Yep, based on what I see in the room. Okay, for instance, this last show I just had at the comedy store. On on, on there's a room in the comedy store called the Belly Room. There's three main. There's three rooms in the comedy store. You have the Belly Room. You have the original room. And you have what is called the main room. Okay. Right? So in the belly room, upstairs in that particular room, that some reason the door is not closing to the men's bathroom. You close it and opens wide. It opens all the way open. You know, after you close wide open, after you go in the bathroom. Okay. And so uh, this past show, I made a I made an observation about that when I first got on stage. I was talking about how. What's going on with the bathroom? I mean, you can use the bathroom and still watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I see. I see yeah. what you're right. And I can say I was standing there at the funeral. I can look. I can see what it was time for me to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just something like that, right? Or or man, for some reason I don't know. It's like these bathrooms are always good. Always a good thing. I was in. Uh, I was at another show in uh, North Hollywood uh, this past weekend. Because I had a show, I was show Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This was Saturday night in North Hollywood, and uh, on their in their bathroom, 
Now I'm not the bathroom guy. Now let's not, let's not <laughs> the bathroom guy. But uh, in their bathroom, in the in the uh, handicapped stall, they had no door on it. It was just open in the toilet. So I, you know, I talk about that. I mean, what do you guys do to handicap? You make it sit there and shit in front of everybody. <laughs> you know? No respect for the handicap. Just they don't give me respect because they're disabled. Disabled and non-display. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta shit in front of everybody. So Man. yeah, I, I talked about that, and, and you know, people who've been in there, they they get it because they saw that. You could you could become the bathroom guy if you really wanted to, you know, just every show have one bathroom joke. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you know, I got all my bathroom dick jokes and all that kind of stuff. I used to have a bunch of dick jokes when I started. Yeah, you know, all comics. You know, you would stand up, right? Mm-hmm. You got you. You got yours. Yeah, I had, I had jokes about like nugget porn. Uh, <laughs> do you know what that is? What the hell is that? A nugget is somebody with no arms or legs. Oh, oh god. <laughs> yeah, so it had the had the dirty joke and the shock joke factor. You know, um, was That's... it politically correct? Probably not. But <laughs> yeah, I had this thing about my grandfather. Man, my grandfather had this huge penis, right? And okay. so I had this joke. <laughs> no, no shit. It did. It was you. Okay. And I had a whole series of jokes about it. And I did it at an open mic one night, and they loved it, man. And But the thing about it is after the show is that I had a, all these guys, I mean, not just guys, but people asking me after the joke about, after the show about my granddaddy's dick, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know, this is not the conversation I want to be having after a show. <laughs> so I, you know, you know, I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't want to be. Oh yeah, that's a grandfather big guy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to be that guy, so I got rid of all that. Now, okay, if I ever God. have a special, yeah, I don't think I've ever I, had a conversation my, about my grandfather's dick, but <laughs> yeah, and they probably want to want to know. Well, how do you know this, right? But anyway, uh, I'm not gonna go into all that, but <laughs> but uh. uh you know, I, I didn't want to be known as that guy, man. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't. So, but like I said, if I ever have a special, you know, where I have like extended 45 minutes, half, you know, that's the kind of stuff you'll bring back up because I can yeah. put that in and yeah. not be known as the grandfather dick guy. That's just part of something else. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't use it. I don't use any of that kind of stuff now. I don't use, you know, still trying to find my voice, man. I haven't been doing it long enough. You know, I, I'm having a. Success with what I'm doing, but I, I I'm I'm evolving as a comic, you know. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. And I'm finding the stuff, even the things that I'm doing now. I'm already trying to, you know, I don't want to do them anymore. You know, okay. even though they're okay. you know they're successful and they're working, and you know how hard it is to get rid of something that's working. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know right. You know, uh, so I'm 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 dealing with that right now, trying to keep the evolution. You know, uh, of myself as a comic. Yeah, and there comes yeah. a point where even if something is working, uh, you kind of get sick of telling the joke. So yes. it's like you want to move on and do something else. Yeah, you know, and that, yeah, it's funny because you know that's one of the things I'm finding uh, is a challenge to me uh, as trying being a professional comic is trying to make sure that you have the same consistency. You know, to do the bit night after night and sell it each time like it was your first time saying it. Yeah, not phoning it in. Right, right. So I, I'm, 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 I'm 
developing the that uh, that work ethic and that 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 uh, awareness of being able to do that. But you know, I, I haven't done it, so these are things I, I got to learn, man. I, I'm learning, right? So, it, I, I, but being me, uh, being I'm not a young guy, I'm not a spring chicken for sure. So I got to quantum leap a lot of stuff, man. So I'm I'm trying to uh, uh, cram 20 years of experience into a year, six months, you know. Takes a lot of hard work, but sounds like sounds like you're on your way. Uh, <laughs> what, because you know, what's one thing I've learned about this whole thing, Aaron? Yeah, what's that? Whether you've been doing it one year or you've been doing a hundred years, funny is funny. Period. Very true. Funny is funny. That's it. Funny is funny, but like I've also learned this. Okay, funny is funny, but if you try too hard to be funny, you're not funny. Right. Well, then it's not funny. Then that's not <laughs> funny. Right. No, I'm saying if it's funny, it's funny. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Because a lot of times I'll sell myself short thinking, well, or, you know, someone else might sell themselves short thinking, well, I, I'm not really that funny because I haven't been doing it that long. I don't deserve to be called funny. No, that's not true. You can be funny on day one. Yeah. But, you, but, but, but what experience teaches you, teaches you how to maximize your funny. Right. Yes, definitely. And yeah, so that's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm working on maximizing the funny man, you know. And that's uh that's where the work comes in. That's where you, that's what the work does for you. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Maximize the funny. <laughs> yeah, maximize the funny, especially when you go with, with these other comics, man. It's like these guys, Margaret Cho's, Eliza Schlesinger's, uh, they have laugh equity on stage, right? They have that. They have that laugh equity. I don't have that laugh equity because they don't know me from the goddamn guy out there parking cars or the security guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't know me, so I, I, I it's, it, it's, I gotta work a little harder. But these other guys, they come in there with this laugh equity, man. If they just stand up there and don't say a damn thing, the crowd is gonna laugh anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they worked hard to get that laugh equity. That's true. That's so true. you know <laughs> you'll get there. I'm not knocking him. I'm not hating on him. <laughs> I, didn't you I didn't think you were. I didn't think you were, Daryl. You don't seem no, like no. a Hayden type to me. No, 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 no. But you know, all this is observation, man. I'm I'm very uh, observational when it comes to this this kind of stuff. But that's the only way I'm gonna be able to learn it, and get better, and be able to do this thing. Yeah. You know? So what? Since we're talking about advice or what you've learned so far, what you need to learn, what advice? would you have right now for somebody who is looking to get started in stand-up comedy like yourself? Well, first off, I would tell them, uh, follow your dream, man. If this is something you want to do, go ahead, go for it, go for it. But, that's, but don't, don't kid yourself. You know, uh, you know, just like with anything else, you're only going to get it, get out of it, what you put in it, you know? And, uh, Practice, 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 man. Get on stage. Get on stage as much as you want. I mean, as much as you can. Yeah. As much as you can. If there's a microphone and they tell you, hey, man, I want you to get on stage. There's only two people there. Get up there and do it because it's only going to help you. Yeah. And I found the hardest crowds are the smallest crowds. Right. Uh, because right. with the big crowds, you know how you're doing. With a small crowd, you could be funny, but they aren't going to laugh. No. No, they're not. And do those open mics. Get used to the silence, man. Get comfortable with silence. Of course, that's not what we want as comics. We don't want any silence. You know, but we get comfortable with the silence. 
you know, and then it, it won't be shocking or so jarring to you if it ever happens to you. So go to the open mics where you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel like, damn, you know, um, I'm not a good comic. They're not even laughing. You know, I'm not getting anything back, you know, but you are, you know, you, you're getting something back. It just, you may not be tangible right then. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, don't be, you know, you asked me earlier about bombing, right? Yeah. Now, I've never bombed on stage, but I've had nights that were really, really good and nights that were okay. You know, I've never bombed, but they've always laughed, but it's about the quality of laughter and how explosive the laughs were. But, you know, I, I've come to realize that I don't even judge my performance, man, on, on the laugh. Well, that's not entirely true, actually. There, of course, I'm a comic. You want them to laugh. <laughs> but that can't be the only thing that you're judging on. You know, right now, what, what I, where I determine my performance, did I remember everything I wanted to say? Did I say it the what? Did I say it the way I was supposed to say it? And then, did I feel good about it? And if you, and if you're okay with those three things, that's all you can. That's all you can control. You yeah. The rules change. You know, the rules change. You can tell one joke, the same joke on one uh, one side of the street one night and kill. Go to tell the exact same joke that same night across the street and get nothing. Hasn't happened to me. But I heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I, I, I can see it happening. You know, yeah. I can see it happening. So shit, you're not a good comic. You can't tell. You, know, you don't become a bad comic overnight. You know, I, I got a comic friend. And he beats himself up every time he feels like it wasn't up. He, oh man, I, I screwed up. I did this. I mean, it's not you, man. So what? You had a great set last night. You're a great comic. You didn't have a good set tonight. So now all of a sudden you're not a good comic, and overnight, it doesn't work like, like that. Just be consistent. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stay right in the middle. They're both. They're both success and failure are both temporary. So you just keep it. You just keep moving, man. That's all you do. Follow your dream. Right on. Very well said. I I like that. Success and failure are temporary. And just follow your dream. Um, So, Daryl, you have, a, as we mentioned earlier, we have that big show uh, tonight with Margaret Cho and uh, Liza Schlesinger. Yes. What are you doing to promote yourself to get shows like this and get your name in front of fans? Man, it, it's been hard work, you know, uh, because I I just got a manager recently. I just really? got a manager a couple weeks ago. So hopefully some of this burden uh, will come off my shoulders. Man, I, I use a lot of social media. You know, I, uh, you know, I advertise in local businesses. I'll go around and put flyers of my shows up, you know, word of mouth. I just recently uh, created a logo. So, you know, you may start seeing that around. I'll start having T-shirts. So people can buy T-shirts with my logo on it for $35. Right. Uh, special edition collector's items. You get, you, you'll be able to get the first, uh, you know, the first uh, group of shirts out the door. You know, uh, get them now because, you know, once I blow up, you know, there's going to be a lot more. And you, you have, it'll be worth something. So, you know, one way or another, it'll be worth something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah you know I'm, I'm doing that and uh you know i just i just hustle man i go to shows i go to just hustling it, it's not easy it's not easy uh, especially being a new comic yeah. you know and, and i'm finding that the 
Another thing I find is the more powerful you get, the stronger the resistance to that power becomes. So you find that comics who want, would get you on shows before or promoters sometimes, they don't want to use you because maybe you might be a little too strong. Ah, oh, I got you. I fi- I'm glad you explained that because I was going to ask you to clarify. Yeah. They're afraid yeah. you'll outshine them. Yeah. So you you start finding that you start those relationships started start to splinter a little bit because, like I said, the more powerful you become, the more the resistance to that power, and and it just it's just a natural outbringing of that. It just happens. You know, I don't even think they realize, and I, I think maybe it's just something that happens in the universe. But that means you just got to keep pushing harder because that means you're doing something. If you start meeting more resistance, that's because you're getting more powerful. Not because, you, I mean, hey, there's a lot of people who bring you on when you're not shit. Oh, yeah, come on, Joe. Yeah, I, I look good next to you. Yeah, they want that. But as you start to get better and better, you're going to find that people are going to start pushing against you. You know, so that means you just got to keep pushing harder. Yeah, and you know, you'll find also find a lot of people want to be that person that will give you their start or give you your start, but yes. they don't want to be that person who the person they gave their start to got better than. Right. <laughs> right. And it's so. unfortunate, man. You know, it, it really is. I got another, I got another comic friend, man, and uh, I got like nothing but comic friends now these days. That you know, he, he kind of feels like. Uh, you know, he has to push against other comics um, for for whatever reason. You know, uh, but I feel like there's room. This is this comic universe is huge, and there's room for all of us in it. There's room for all of us in it. So I don't have to try to bring you down, and you don't have to try to bring me down. And man, it's, it's you know, like I said, there's, there's room for us all, man. It's a big pie, man. This comedy pie is huge. Yeah. You know, we all get a slice of it. But we just have to realize that, you know, I'm not going to hurt you if I get if I get a break or, you know, it's not going to stop you from doing anything. (laughs) But, you know, I guess that's just with anything. man. That's just like, you know, but uh, you comics, you young comics or comics, old comics or wherever you are in this comedy game, you know, just just keep grinding, man. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. Keep grinding. That's all I can tell you. Well said. And you are early on in the comedy game, as we have discussed earlier, um, like just just about a year now. And in that year, what would be a highlight so far uh, that, you know, you'd like to share? Like what would be a highlight of your first year in comedy? Um, the, the highlight of, would probably be uh, following Margaret Cho. On a sold out show at the comedy store on on, on uh yeah on a, on the weekend night on the in the main room that would be the highlight okay of my career thus far would be that and following her and holding my own not just following her but and I, you know and, and I'm hesitant to say that Aaron because I I like other people to say whether what you did I'm not was I'm never going to tell somebody oh man I killed I will never yeah. say that. I'll <laughs> never say that man. I just think uh, I'm just so against that. I'm just would never say that. That's for someone else to say, right? Yeah. 
you know, that's someone else's someone else. It's like going out and being like, I'm in the best band in the world or my podcast (laughs) is the best. So you should listen to it, you know, but you know, you you can also have that feeling like I did solid. My podcast is solid. I think it's quality and I think you'll enjoy it type thing. Or I, I got good laughs. I got, had a solid performance. I'm proud of how I did. And I'm going to roll with that. I can sleep tonight. Right. Right. Because you put the work in and you know you got a quality product. Right. So that's, that's it's all good. It's all good. All right. And that brings me to my next question, Daryl. What do you want people who uh, are in the audience at your stand-up show to take away and remember about your set? That, uh, that I was classy. Well, first of all, that I was funny. Okay, that's always first, good. First and foremost, <laughs> that I was funny. And and at the same time, I want you to come away having learned something, having been enlightened. You know, that's what I want you to come away from. That that now that you leave my show, if you've seen my set, now you may look at the world a little differently. You know, maybe not something really profound, but you don't need profound things to, to really make changes. You know, uh, part of my set is how we view each other just at a glance, you know, um, and why we have a lot of prejudice is because of that. Yeah. And I, if you see my set and we go through it, then you'll realize, well, damn, maybe I do look at things like that. Maybe I do judge people a little too quickly without knowing anything about them. You know, that's what I want them to come come away with that. Hey, you know, let's give each other a chance, man. You know, before we, we before we decide who who, who they are. That's what I want them to come come away with. I want them to learn something, be enlightened a bit. Is that cool? That is <laughs> that is very cool. I was just letting you go. I didn't want to accidentally cut you off if you were going to say something well, else in there. So, either you know, I, I don't know how how long because I, I could one of the uh, I was going to say another reasons why I got into comedy because obviously I like to talk, and my, <laughs> <laughs> and my wife was sick of hearing this shit. <laughs> I know how that shit goes. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I, I've I already heard that joke. Why? Why are you telling me that joke again? Oh, they don't even want to even listen to me talk. <laughs> you know, because I start talking. Man, I, I'm into so many things. I, I didn't tell you I'm a drone pilot, right? I do aerial filmmaking. I fly these drones, right? I got these camera drones. I got these, you know, uh, DJI Phantom drones. And I fly these drones and stuff too. So there, nobody wants. I mean, all these different things, right? So I always want to talk about this. Stuff. Okay. Is there anything no, I, that you don't do, Daryl? Um, yeah. I'm not very good with my hands um, as far as uh, tools. Okay. <laughs> I'm terrible with tools. I'm terrible around the house. I can't fix shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm sorry to take you off your drone story. Let's go back to your drones. <laughs> No, it's cool. Matter of fact, I've been flying over the stadium over here, the new stadium that they're building down here for the Rams. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm doing a time-lapse uh, video. So now I'm obviously going to have to wait another year, so it's going to take me a little while uh, till they do it. So I, I've caught it from when they had to Hollywood Park till the first uh, 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 demolition to clearing the dirt and still where they do what they're doing now. I gotta, I'll probably be over there this weekend to get some more footage. I, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure they haven't changed. We had some rain, so I know they weren't doing much over there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I fly over there, and I'm 
putting together a time-lapse video. I'm also, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do some footage before a show. I might do it on Tuesday because I want to get some shots coming down to the Hollywood. I'm putting together a, uh, a concert video uh, of, of my show. Um, you know, how I get ready for the show and okay. you know, everything. I'm a chronicle the day leading up to the show. Then I'm going to have some, some uh, uh, fly-in shots because I'm also going to produce the video, right? I'm shooting it. So I'm gonna produce the video where they come in, uh, where I come down and I get a comedy store shot from above and and with the drone. So yeah, that's, I'm I put it. Yeah, that's and really so I'm, cool. I have to market myself. This is the kind of stuff that I, because I've been in IT, I know I, I'm I'm really good with digital media. Yeah. So I can create a lot of things online. You know, I can create. Uh, I can get my logo. I you know I, I do posters. I do all all that kind of stuff. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to do all that. You know? All right. Uh, yeah, you got to get it out there. You know, one thing about the internet, I can say the internet is helping a lot as far as marketing yourself. You know, uh, now with the, with the internet, man, you don't have to actually sit in front of and actually have to go and meet with 30 managers or producers or promoters or whoever, bookers. You know, I can take one clip and send it to 400 people at one time. You know, and I can send it to four other agents. So now, as far as you getting out there and getting your product out there and, and all the things that are available to you as far as a, a, a social media and YouTube and all that kind of stuff for self-promotion, you know, if you, if you, if you get hooked in and you do the right things and, and you market yourself as a professional and you have it looks like a quality, polished product, that'll get you in a lot of doors. And hopefully, uh, you know, everything underneath that is solid too, right? Yeah. Hopefully, you gotta have, you gotta be funny. Of course, of course. But at the same time, to look, making it look like you, you're there, and see, that's another. I think that that has helped me a lot too, because you know, I give this approach to someone that's been in this business a lot longer than I've been in it. You know, and that's because of a lot of study, and just uh, you know, a lot of prep, and just you know, hell, I'm old too, so <laughs> <laughs> that helps. You know, but yeah, man, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm building up all the infrastructure around this whole Daryl K. Mac product. Okay. Product. You know, as a comic, you're a product. And so you got to be able to market that product. And so you got to make that product look as professional and nice and polished as possible. You know, so when you do get it there, you know, they'll at least open it and look at it. You know, because they won't even do that. Because look at me, I don't have all that all those stage credits and screen credits and club credits and all that other stuff behind me. But I got to look like it's already there. And then when they listen to it, it get them to listen to it. Just like I got you to listen to it. Yeah. Right? This is what I've done on stage. Listen to the last, listen to the quality of your last. That's what they want to hear. man. And then you put that out there, you get you, 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 Oh, just doing that, just doing that just this week alone. And this is really, and I even shoot. I had a comic uh, with a comic actor friend who recommended who recommended me to this uh, casting agent, and they're they're shooting. They want to shoot a pilot for a for a sitcom that they're going to try to uh, send on Nick, uh, put on Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, and Amazon. Um, and I'm doing a table read this Friday for the father of the main character. Okay. 
just on this guy's recommendation. They talked to me, and then, uh, you know, they got a chance to listen to my clips, see some headshots, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so now I'm in with that. Today, I got a call from a game show that wants to uh, uh, cast me on a game show. So tomorrow I have a Skype, another Skype interview just like this one, but it will be full video uh, with the producers of this game show. For to I don't know much about it. Hell, they told me you want to do it, I'll do it. Whatever it is. <laughs> that, that's awesome, dude. I'm glad you're getting your name yep. out there, getting some opportunities. Yes. And and, and so, doing it. You, I don't know if people, your your listeners or stuff, believe in God or whatever you call that that you go to. Or whether you don't go to anything. Or whether you think is whether you feel like it's just this universal consciousness that exists. But I can tell you, once that consciousness or God or whatever you want to call it opens that door for you, it's undeniable. Nobody will stop you. Everything is starting to fall into place. And it's not me, man, because I'm just I'm just a guy, man. I'm just a guy doing this. Yeah. You know, these opportunities. I'm getting on these shows and all this. It's not me, man. It's got to be something else beyond that, even though I knew I was meant to do this. You know, I knew it. I know I was meant to do this, but, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm just going to keep grinding. Wherever it takes me, I, I'm not even doing I'm not, I'm not even doing it to try to be rich or famous. I just want to be the best comic that I can be. And that's and, all, all you can ask, man. That's it, man. If it takes me to TV, fine. If it doesn't take me, if it takes me to the little, to the corner where I'm standing on the corner on the soapbox with a microphone there, then that's cool, too. You know, but chase it, man. Chase it. Well said. I have one more question for you, Daryl. But before that, I want uh, to plug your show tonight. Yes. Okay. Tonight, May 30th, at the Hollywood Comedy Store, the world-famous comedy store, with Margaret Cho and Liza Schlesinger. And yes. uh, yes, and and <laughs> Daryl K you don't want to miss that. And 7:30 p.m. in the main room, Sunset Boulevard. Be there. And where can people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Daryl K Mac. Uh, why not laugh? Daryl K Mac at WhyNotLaughter.com. And uh, Facebook under Daryl underscore K-Mac, D-A-R-Y-L underscore K-A-M-A-C-K. Okay. And... You see this handsome, handsome black gentleman with a beard? <laughs> <laughs> Can I play your stand-up uh, that you sent me at the beginning of the show? Sure. Yeah, yeah, you can. If you like, play it. You can play it. Now, now, I would have to say that, remember we talked earlier about how I talk about something in the room or something that has happened on my beginning of my set? Yes. At the beginning of this set, yeah, I don't know where you're going to play it. I don't, uh, but I'll if you play, play it at the beginning, but okay, people will the get yeah, They won't understand. Okay, at the beginning, what happened is there were a few, there were about three female comics in a row who went on me, went before me, and they were speaking, they were talking really dirty, right? They were talking okay. really dirty, which is not a problem. Not a problem. I don't mind. But I just, I referenced that in the opening of my set. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. 
All right, cool, cool. So this will give them some context at the end of the show. And (laughs) (laughs) And Daryl, I have one more question for you. Sure. And then I'll let you get on your way. Um, Daryl K. Mack, how do you live uncontained? By following my dream, man. By following my dream, not letting anybody stand in my way. I got this saying, if I got to go through it to get to it, then that's how I'm going to do it. (laughs) It's got a nice little ring to it. (laughs) I I like it. I like it. Thank you for joining me today on Uncontained. And you guys in the Hollywood area, get out to the comedy store, give you something to do on your Tuesday night. And uh, I know you weren't quite ready for the three-day weekend to end. So get out there. Check out, yes, Margaret Cho, Liza Schlesinger. Uh, and, there we go. <laughs> yes, Liza Schlesinger and the one and only Daryl K. Mack. Oh, you know what? One more thing. I got to give I gotta give a shout out to the promoter, producer of the show, Jimmy Shin. It's, the name of the show was The Shindig Show. And he's <laughs> the one that really gave me the opportunity to be on these shows. He trusted me and gave me a shot. So I got to give a shout out to Jimmy Shin because he's the man. He puts together these great comedy shows. Shindig show, baby. All right. All right. I have one final thing for you to do, Daryl, before I let you get out of here. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show for me today? I will. I'd be glad to. My name is Daryl Kamak. I live uncontained, baby. That's the only way to do it. You got to go through it to get to it. That's how I'm going to do it. Uncontained. Thank you for listening and thank you to Daryl K. Mack for coming on the show and talking to me. And yes, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please check him out live if you're in the LA area. He is on stage tonight, May 30th, at the world famous comedy store in LA. And he's performing with Margaret Cho, Elijah Schlesinger, and ant so you don't want to miss this if you're in the la area make sure you get your ass down to the the world famous comedy store and enjoy yourself some stand-up comedy and if you enjoyed this show and you're not in the la area just hit uh, daryl up on his facebook page and let him know you heard him here on uncontained also please feel free to stop by and visit uncontained social media you can find uncontained uncontained pod on both twitter and facebook also online at www.uncontainedpod.com and please do the show a favor rate review subscribe and share in itunes stitcher or your favorite pod player thanks again for listening and until next time as always live uncontained